morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, friends, for Torch Report 368, when fascists and commies unite. I know that it is a preposterous proposition, friends, which is why, exactly why, this unholy alliance is such a grave threat. And it's happening. It's happening right now. The secret cabal is having their annual secretive meeting to conspire on how they can use AI to further enslave humanity in a great inescapable global socialist surveillance state complete with the China-style social credit scores, the central bank digital currencies, the microchip digital IDs, and more, friends. It is called the Bilderberg meeting. And I'm sure many of you heard about the Bilderberg meeting sometime here recently. Uh, But for a lot of people, they still don't know what it's about, right? According to their website, they indicate that they have been facilitating informal discussions with, you know, some of the top politicians and business leaders in the world to foster global change. They've been doing this since 1954, making this year their 69th annual gathering, which is an auspicious uh, date or number for, for several reasons, 69, you know, we'll get into that actually, as it turns out, friends, we're going to get into that more in tomorrow's report. This is going to be a two-part report. I want to dive deep into why all of this is going on and what it really means. But first I want to show and share with you a little bit of rather opaque propaganda, uh, screenshot here from CNN in the Uh, This morning, friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com to check out the spiffy screenshot where I've shown you what propaganda looks like. Straight off the front page of CNN, it says revelations deepen sense that a grave moment approaches for Trump. And boy, Trump looks concerned. Oh, man, he's concerned. You know, an exclusive CNN report reinforces the possibility that the 2024 presidential contender is in a heap of legal trouble. The CNN exclusive also offers new evidence in classified documents that may undercut undercut Trump. And there's a White House lawyer who thinks Trump's going to go to jail. All of this stuff, friends, again, it's just opaque propaganda, please, you know. But did you catch the leading statements, misleading as they may be? You know, the revelations deepen the sense that something might happen. You know, it's a, a grave moment approaching, but it might not ever get here. You know, the exclusive report reinforces the possibility. We have an exclusive report that nobody else has, and it reinforces the possibility, maybe, you know, that new evidence may, it might, Excuse me, it might undercut, but probably won't. Uh, you know, all of this stuff. You know, the White House lawyer thinks Trump will thinks that Trump will go to jail. Do you think that Trump will go to jail, friends? Of course, all of these revelations are nothing more than mental conjecture. You know, drawing upon a word choice that invokes the sense that some sort of grave moment could potentially be approaching or not. You know, but the CNN's exclusive propaganda reinforces the possibility, which is still remarkably flimsy, that there may be some new evidence that might undercut Trump's 2024 campaign. But, you know, as well as I do, friends, it's a big fat nothing burger. Does anybody really care what a white horse, what a white house lawyer thinks uh, that Trump might go to jail? Does anybody care about that? You know, well, 
Yeah, unfortunately, there are people who care about that, but it's only the useful idiots. You know, the uh, the idiot liberals who are dangerously delusional because they've lost their collective minds and gone completely batshit crazy, as we discussed yesterday. Now, friends, the reason I wanted to share that propaganda from CNN is to draw a contrast between the meaty and substantive information that you and I seek out and consume and that I uh, strive to provide for you through the the torch report, the truth you can trust. I give you the information so you can develop your own informed perspective. You know, that's that's a very small elite group of thinkers, just to be blunt. OK, call it like it is. Maybe it's bragging friends, but you are truly an elite thinker and I appreciate your intelligence and I respect your intelligence. Now, while it's true that there are those of us who do, you know, seek out uh that meaty information, that substantive information that's based on fact and empirical evidence. It's also true, you know, that the the majority of CNN's viewers, those who stuck around even after Anderson Cooper dismissed them, you know, they're just they're just kind of soaking up, uh, sipping up this spoon fed drivel. It's kind of slopped in front of them on the uh, on the everyday here. So it's true that the global cabal's secretive meeting has been exposed by the alt news sources and the occasional mainstream limited hangout. But the fact remains that the vast majority of humanity is still wholly ignorant of their socialist scheming and meddling in international affairs. That's what's happening at Bilderberg. The Bilderberg meeting is a packed house of global elites. It's an impressive conglomeration of progressive politicians and socialist CEOs and liberal thought leaders and anti-American academics and bureaucratic Bolsheviks and outright communists from all around the world, friends. These 130 or so global elites, part, you know, they are participating because they have attractive resumes and they have deep pockets and they have backdoor connections to the most powerful people in the world. That's why this meeting, along with the annual WEF, the World Economic Forum gathering in Davos, this is where the globalists, you know, the whole web of public-private partnerships and all that, this is where they're formed. This is where they're nurtured. This is where they're developed to their full potential. That's why it's so important to, to be talking about it and to help raise awareness for people to become uh, aware of the fact that there's a small group of global elites who are trying to take over the world and they're getting together right now in Bilderberg. We got to talk about that. And I think one of the ways to try to kind of present these secret meetings, if you want to talk to people out in the public about it, is to kind of think about the gathering. Think about it like a gathering where communists and fascists set aside their petty differences and put their heads together. And they team up to brainstorm new and improved ways to pillage the village, stiff the peasants, and add to their already considerable amounts of power and control. They do want total, absolute, unmitigated, unabated control over every aspect of our lives. We know that because we've we've documented and dug into this for, you know, over a year now. But the commies, you know, just to kind of draw the contrast between communism and fascism, because a lot of people think those are polar opposites. You know, the commies claim they are fighting for a working class revolution. 
wherein the proletariat gets raised up to the ruling class, meaning the peasants become the rulers and the commoners take control of the factories and the means of production. And the idea of private property is completely abolished and everything is then collectively owned by the peasants. Okay, that's communism in a nutshell. And of course, someone still has to be in charge and make decisions, and that would be the Central Committee, i.e., a.k.a. the chief commies, who somehow always happen to be just slightly more equal than the real working class. You know, somebody's got to make the decision, so I'm going to sit up here and make the decisions while you work. How's that sound? Okay, that's great. You know, here's how it works. The commies, they spread their subversive ideology and whip up discontent about the working conditions, you know, and then they they go about painstakingly developing a sense of social consciousness, which, of course, as we just discussed, it preys upon certain emotional vulnerabilities that are inherent in our humanity. And they do this in order to get the peasants good and pissed off about all the inequities and the injustices of their current low-class positions. It's not fair that those greedy capitalists get to live in luxury while the working class who build their roads and manufacture their stuff and actually know how to do things, they're scraping by on the scraps from the big wigs table. That's not fair. Power to the people. Viva la revolution! <laughs> oh, friends, the, the only problem with this model is that it doesn't work. You know, that the, the, the problem is that the useful idiots don't realize they're getting played. And once the proletariat, once the working class, once the useful idiots have overthrown the current leadership in, you know, in exchange for this promise, you know, they've got to destroy all aspects of existing society, according to the Communist Revolu- uh, Manifesto. Once that happens, once they've ousted the current ruling class, that's when the real tyrants take charge. It takes strong leadership with a woke social conscience to make sure that all the peasants fall in line all the time and live up to all of the utopian fantasies of fairness and equality. Uh, the WEF calls these woke, you know, leaders, they, the enlightened leaders. They're enlightened, mm, enlightened leaders. And of course, you know, since the enlightened leader, you know, because the utopian fantasies of fairness and equality don't actually exist in reality, the enlightened leaders are helpless to do that. And so, you know, because life is inherently unfair and inequitable and because some people are lazy and liars and evil in nature, then the, you know, the woke leaders all of a sudden, you know, who are generally typically incompetent, you know, centralized control, the central committee, they have to rule with an iron fist and enslave the peasants by force in order to make things fair, of course. Now, nevertheless, for whatever reason, well, because they're exploiting human nature, the appeal of centralized control is forever enduring. You know, it's more efficient. We got to do this. If they could just, if they could just get everybody to do what they're told, then everything would be just fine. If everybody would just stoically sacrifice themselves for the greater good and forfeit the fruits of their labor to the state, i.e. give up their private property, you will own nothing, eat bugs and be happy. If they could do that, then the state could gleefully redistribute the goods to those less productive, lazy, and dishonest peasants who've been conditioned to believe that they can simply vote to get fed. I mean, come on, you know, who wouldn't vote to get fed, right? I mean, that's, geez, that's, that's, that's gotta be easier than burning the candle at both ends and, and pushing through the hardships and overcoming adversity and, and achieving a- 
actual results. You know, being a productive peasant is hard damn work. And if one could simply vote to get fed and trust that the government is going to take uh, take from somebody else or make somebody else do the work for you. I mean, come on. Why not sign up for that bandwagon? I mean, right. You know, welcome to generations X, Y and Z in the good old U.S. of A, friends. They've been conditioned to expect free food and free housing and free health care and free public indoctrination and free college education. Hey, why not have free Obama phones and free TV, free whatever the hell they have to promise, whatever the hell the politicians have to promise in order to scam another round of voters and steal in another election? I'm sure you get the point. Now, that's the commie side of the house. Now, the fascists on the other side who also fight for centralized government and control, centralized government control and unlimited authority over the lesser peasants. In fascism, you know, people are united and obedient to the single authority of the state. That's a direct quote. And this is coming from reputable sources, Merriam-Webster, no less. But, you know, they, the, the fascists have a slightly different take on the issue of private property. In Italy or in Italian, I should say, the word fascio means to bundle. As a matter of fact, it's actually the same root for fascial tissues. The uh, fascial tissue, that's the, the, the tissue that surrounds the muscle spindles in you know the big muscle groups. Anyway, fascial tissue to bundle, fascio to bundle, okay? Kind of like how Benito Mussolini bundled the political will of labor and agricultural unions all socialist in nature, mind you. Mussolini bundled the political will of the unions and leveraged these unions to ultimately rise to power to crush political dissent and murder millions of people. So, I mean, it, it's pretty effective as far as uh, a method of leadership here. The fascism to bundle together. Fascism might be thought of as the original public-private partnerships. Though fascism and communism are typically juxtaposed as polar opposites, they are really two sides of the same socialist coin. They're actually infected by the same socialist, uh, the hive mind, okay, the woke mind virus. But Mussolini, you know, he was a socialist, okay? Now, you're going to find out there that some of the histories, oh, he was a fascist. He wasn't a socialist. Well, guess what? You know, prior to his rise in power, he was the editor for the Italian newspaper Avanti, Avanti, which was the preeminent socialist mouthpiece and official paper of the Italian Socialist Party. The name of the paper Avanti means forward in English, like move on forward, you know, forward.org, as in moving forward and making social progress towards equality for all, you know, just pursuing the dream here and quickly, quite quickly, actually, Comrade Mussolini. And that's a direct quote from um, from Encyclopedia Britannica here. Comrade Mussolini became recognized as one of the most gifted and dangerous of Italy's younger socialists. In other words, friends, he was a socialist rock star. He was arrested at least five times in his fight for the revolution and was ultimately backed not just by the socialists, but he was backed by the socialists, the industrialists, and even many of the officials in the existing Italian government. Okay, this guy was not, I mean, we think of Mussolini like he's this big evil guy and everybody hates him. But according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I'll read a little excerpt here, quote, Mussolini, 
was hailed as a genius and a superman by public figures worldwide. His achievements were considered little less than miraculous. He had transformed and reinvigorated his divided and demoralized country. He had carried out his social reforms and public works without losing the support of the industrialists and the landowners. And he had even succeeded in coming to terms with the Pope, okay? End quote. Now, today's media presents a very convoluted picture of fascism, essentially equating fascism to Hitler and the Nazi party, and thereby labeling fascists as far-right extremists in in the public's mind, that's the way it is. That's why we have all these anti-fascists, you know, out there fighting against the far-right-wing extremists. And there is in public discourse in America today, there is scant indication of the fascists' socialist roots. Nobody's talking about that. And eventually, you know, virtually no consideration ever is given to the public-private partnerships that gave rise to this fascist authoritarian centralized government in the first place. Hmm. What a strange coincidence. You know, I, I mean, I mean, fascism is far right. It's Nazis, you know, but no, no, actually fascism is rooted in socialism and using public private partnerships to gain authoritarian control. Hmm. You know, what a strange coincidence that nobody's talking about this. I don't know. You know, let's get back to the Berg, the Bilderberg to be exact friends. Now, I believe that Benito Mussolini would have been right at home in Bilderberg. Interestingly enough, as I was getting into this, friends, the reason this is going to be two parts because I dove deep this morning, but digging into Mussolini, find out he got his start in politics uh, with some seed money from MI5, a.k.a. the British intelligence, who were paying him to keep, you know, cranking out the propagandists to keep the socialist revolutionaries and the anti-war protesters pacified with propaganda. From the per perspective of the British uh, aristocracy, the need was to keep the working class not out on the streets in a revolution. We got to keep the working class in the factories where they belong so that they could continue to feed the war machine. So that's that's kind of how Mussolini got his his start in politics, going from being a socialist journalist to being a politician, you know, uh, all thanks to some seed money from MI5. The history here, friends, it's just absolutely fascinating. But the big takeaway is that socialists fascists and communists are ultimately pursuing the same fantasy, sold ostensibly as equality for all. They just differ in their approach on how to deliver this equality. They all understand, mind you, that achieving this dream of equality requires strong centralized government, really authoritarian, totalitarian government. Otherwise, it's not possible. They understand that. Uh, but whereas... The left side socialists, i.e. the commies, they want to have the government take control of the business and private property to achieve equality. The right side socialists, i.e. the fascists, are keen to forging alliances with private business and landowners in order to elevate the greater good and advance toward equality. Friends, in either case, the centralized government control is always, always, always for the greater good. It doesn't matter if you're talking to a communist or a fascist or a socialist or a Democrat. It's always for the greater good. And unfortunately, history has shown that there are always enough 
useful idiots out there to support those politicians who so skillfully exploit the ignorance and the outright stupidity of the average person. Believing that they can get something for nothing if they just give more power to the state. These ignorant son of a, you know, the, the, the useful idiots. Okay. I self-identify as an ignorant peasant friend, so please don't get me wrong here. But it just pisses me off that so many people still think they can get something for nothing if they just give more power to the state. Then they'll just be able to vote and get fed and live off other people's labor forever. These fools vote for tyranny again and again. And I believe that the current meeting in Bilderberg intends to capitalize on this fact. The limited information that is out there, I believe intentionally leaked to the mainstream media, claims that artificial intelligence will be a key focus of the talks between between members of the business and political elite, period, end quote. Wow, I guess Mussolini would be proud, friends, so let's just cut to the chase here. I suspect they will be discussing the use of weaponized AI to control emerging public perceptions via social listening, sentinel surveillance, and algorithmic social interventions, all of which are already being used to manipulate the masses and transform human consciousness. Friends, I want to get to what's behind all of this, but we're out of time, so that's a journey we'll have to take for tomorrow. For now, just beware. When the commies and the fascists start teaming up, it is never good for humanity and therefore resist we must uh, and friends please help me get the word out if you're enjoying this podcast please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website click that heart give me some love subscribe if you have not subscribed already and of course the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know get out there and embrace this thrilling thought provoking Thursday friends and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon